What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the MGE Table Talk Podcast. I, of course, am T. Turner. I'm here again. As you can tell, we kind of switched up a little bit things. Uh, if you're watching this, we, we switched it up a little bit as vis, uh, with our visuals, rather. A little tongue twisted. have to take my sip of water in a second. Mm-hmm. But we switched up the visuals a little bit. We're actually broadcasting this from the MGE studio. So this is a nice, uh, nice turn of events. So today I get a chance to talk culture, music, and we might just keep it at culture and music. Music in the Baton Rouge scene as well too. I'm speaking with someone who has had their finger, not not, not even a finger, they, they had their whole hand on the post of music and culture in the city. I used to tease them because he didn't want to be known as a DJ. And now he's known as a DJ. We got Mr. Mike T himself, Mr. Soul Lab BR himself, Mr. Uppercuts himself. Peace. You know, in the house. What's up, peace, Mike? Peace, peace. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Good to have you here. Man, it's good to be here, man. I'm sorry I'm late. I told y'all I was going to apologize like three, four more times. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm late. Ladies and gentlemen, I was late. I, I accept the apology graciously. Uh, then it was terrible because I was rapper late. Oh, you know what? You you, you was a little rapper late. You were a yeah, little rapper late. I was rapper late. That's not cool at all. But you were still... No, you, you weren't rapper late. You okay. weren't rapper late. What is rapper late? What's rapper late? Rapper late would be maybe like an hour and a half, oh, yeah. two hours. You, 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 I wasn't that late. You were like promoter late. That's still not good. You were you were you were a promoter lately. I gotta do better. <laughs> but but I'll say this: this he Rouge traffic. I tell you, he was in constant communication <laughs> with me the entire time. He ain't let he ain't let nothing slip. You like, hey, my bad, man. Hey, I'm on my way. Like, so it wasn't. So th- that's that's the difference there too. Like, you know, some people be late and then they show up like this the time that we talked about. Right, 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 right. right. You were in constant communication, so I, I don't feel bad at all. I don't even feel like you were late now. Okay, I feel, this. I feel I don't much even, better. Much I don't better. even feel like you were late now. Much better, much better, much better. So, Mr. Soul Lab, man, yeah. let's 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 dive in, man. First, yeah, man. people got to know this. Me and Mike have history, man. Mm-hmm. We got his. This is not his first time, you know, in front of the camera, you know, around. Mad Game Production, like, but yeah. b- b- before Mike went full fledged into his DJ persona, <laughs> Mike was hosting on the the fifth season of Laugh Not Laugh Later. I don't know because I could barely get the name right. I mess the name up every time. But <laughs> I think it was the fifth season. It was, it was the fifth season. It was the fifth season. Yeah, yeah. We had like a cool segment, you know. Um, hey man, thank you by the way. You know, I mean. So, with the whole laugh, not laugh, later thing, I got it right. Boom. Look at that. It's the water. See, you had the water. The water. water, Yeah. All these new mics. (laughs) The new mics with mics. But, um, yeah, uh, that was my kind of first introduction of, like, famous stuff. My famous being famous. People used to come up to me. Oh, yeah. You got noticed. Yeah. You got noticed a lot. That was cool. You 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 tell me stories. You be like, man, I was in the gym and somebody ran up on me. I was in the grocery store. Somebody ran up on me and asked me about this mixtape. Man, man, I even had a few cats that was locked up. Tell me, they used to watch the show. That's funny because my sales rep told me that um, you know, like the channel we're on, like it, it was broadcasting like in Parish Prison a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had a huge fan base in yes. prison. I had a few people call me. Well, not call me, but like, would see me. <laughs> 
uh, in the store, then like he either had just gotten out, and then be like, yeah, man. I used to watch them. I was locked up, man. I used to watch y'all, man. Talking about shoes and stuff, stuff. Uh, yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. I'm glad you had something to do when you went. Yes. Yeah. Nah, and look, Mike, your segment actually put me off on, like, a lot of music that I didn't know existed. Like, just different projects from different artists. Different artists I didn't even know about. Yeah. So, yeah. Very informative. So you you've been on this journey, man. Yeah, man. I, I like underground. I like the less. I'm not gonna say underground. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna use underground. We gonna use less popular. Less well I like known. The less popular artists than the independent artists. You know, and I do. I say independent, and then I do say less popular because a lot of the artists that I like, they do have labels. They do. They are signed to labels. Mm. You know, they're not all independent artists. You know. But the independent artists, it feels like they bring us just a different vibe with them. They do. Have you they noticed do. that? Yeah. One of the reasons is because they don't have uh, rules to follow. Mm. They don't have deadlines to, to uh, meet. You know. So that's why I like the independent artists. I mean, don't get it twisted. I like the mainstream artists too. Yeah. You know. Rest in peace, take off. Damn, take off. I know. Yeah. Been a while. I know. I just have to say that every time. But I, I don't think anyone had that on their bingo card, man. Like, dang, I know. we really gonna be saying R.I.P. Takeoff? Yeah, man. Yeah, that that caught that caught a lot of people by surprise, man. Yeah, but you know, I said all that to say because I'm a, I'm a fan of the mainstream artists. I'm a fan of Vigos and Drake, and um, it ain't that many of them, but yeah, I'm a fan of them. Now, what what I was thinking about because we were talking about independent artists, um, veteran artists seem to become independent artists after a while too if you know like they'll because they have name recognition yeah you know they can kind of venture off into that they don't need you know yeah. a big machine behind them do you notice like a change in their sound as well too like once they once they've kind of left that machine by Absolutely. is it like a kind of more of the same no it's, it's a little different because you know the artists gonna be who they are anyway some of them probably are i guess they're programmed to make because they've been signed so long and what happens is they uh, accumulate a certain fan base that expects certain music from them mm. so once you uh, have been signed to a label right and you make three four five different five albums appeasing to what the record label wants you to appease to and then you come back and you go independent you kind of still want to keep that audience yeah I can see you know? that I can see but that. no I do notice a difference to some of them that actually have uh, had record deals in the past and then now have become independent. I tell people all the time, I, I would definitely sign a record label, sign to a record label for that reason alone. Because hmm. record labels build your fan base. Yeah, I mean, that's you know? the fastest way. You know, you could be independent and do a lot of things independent, but it's just easier with a label, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, you got... You, well, really, just being, being signed to a label is just gaining access yeah you know yeah. you got access to you know more promoters to help get you out there you yeah. got access to you know public relations arm of the the label you know you got a marketing team or whatever right. that comes with that so you know i, I could definitely see that because I, I love that. i love currency he's one of my favorite independent artists i follow currency you know on social media and now that i'm sitting here talking to you i don't ever remember currency ever advertising a show in London but he performs there Australia you know I mean I don't know 
I've only seen him perform in the United States. And I don't get it twisted. He's made millions yeah, yeah. performing in the United States. And that's one of the things I think labels can do. They can put you on his own radio in Africa. Now, he, he, <laughs> he was signed at one point to uh, Atlantic, right? I want to say it was Atlantic. He had a distribution deal with somebody. I don't know. I know as far as being signed to a label, he was signed to No Limit at one point, and then he was signed to Young Money at one point. Right. And then after that, he went independent, and then I think he signed like a distribution deal for I forget what album. You know. Uh, the confidential one. Uh, yeah. Was Crescent? No, it wasn't Crescent City Confidential. I don't. Canal Street Confidential. Canal Street Confidential. Whichever album had like all of the hot features, like he had a Pharrell beat. Mm-hmm. He had Marshawn Brothers. The, the single he had with uh, was it Lloyd? I think. Did he have a single? Bottom one? of the box. No, that was August Alcina. Yeah, him and Wayne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the one he had to, to deal with. Not for for a minute, he was dealing with Dame Dash, too. Yeah. When he yeah. left uh, Young Money. A lot of people do the deal with Dame Dash. But I like Dame Dash. A lot of people be talking bad about Dame, but I don't I don't know him personally, but I don't yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Dame. I mean, you know, I shout out to Dame. Uh I purchased Dusko Poppington clothing. Yeah, I yeah, think it's I've very soft that. cotton. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I think it's very soft cotton. I've, yeah. I've, have you ever had his wine? I've never had his wine. Dusko Blue. It's a good Riesling. It's a white wine. Yeah, but it's it's nice though. I'm gonna have to try it. I don't I don't too 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 often. He buy has a white whiskey. Wine. I've seen I know it. I know your I whiskey. Know, I don't know where you find that at. I, you got to you got to get it online. Okay, because I. I actually need to re up. Like when I when I get it, like people come to my house and like, oh, let me I'm like, you gotta yeah. get your own, brother. Yeah, yeah. But not nah, like it. Like I know there was this uh, this store in Harlem that had it, Pompette Winery. I think. Okay. Uh, they had it for a minute, and then like some place in Jersey, I mm-hmm. ordered from before I had it. Mm-hmm. But like it's you gotta you gotta like really search. Hmm. Online and then you got to find like a reputable place that's got it because yeah. you don't want to just be ordered from anybody and then you'll never get your your stuff. I'm in DC a lot. I wonder if they have it in DC at the liquor stores in DC. And see, I don't even know if he's still pushing it. Yeah. But I mean, I the whiskey was good. The whiskey was smooth. Man, uh, uh, Dame had all kind of stuff. Man, he had a motor oil, wine, motor oil, draws. <laughs> yeah. Dame got it going on, man. But his his socks and his sweats. Unmatched. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like those. I like those. The CEO brand is still his too, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and he just launched a sneaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know if it's available. Not. I, I saw him talking about it online though. But I feel like that would be the hardest thing to do. Like sneaker a clothing thing. line would probably be super super easy, but I feel like a sneaker would be so hard to do. Because it's hard to break us out of sneakers. Yeah. Because like, I mean, we we were raised. Yeah. You know, like on certain sneakers, like you got on Jays. I yeah. got on the '95 Air Max. Yes. Everybody, yes. anybody who knows me knows '95 Air Max. Yeah, that's my that's my that's my joint. You know, I became an Air Max guy lately. Really? I've only because you've always been a J guy. I have, man, but I have all the Jordans that I want. <laughs> Some of them in twos, <laughs> but lately I've been buying a lot of Air Max, like a lot of Air Max. Which ones? Um. I want to say the last pair of Air Max I bought was actually this recent, the Air Max day. I bought the Big Bubble uh, hmm. 19, no, the Air Max 1, red and white. Okay. Yeah, it was the 86, I think, too. Mm. But yeah, I've been buying a lot of Air Max. Um, the Air Max, uh, 
I can't remember the name. I've been stuck on the 95s and the 97s. Yeah. Those are the ones I be stuck on. And I'm stuck on the Air Max 1 and the Air Max 90s. Mm, okay, yeah. I like the, the only 95s I like. Well, I actually like them all, but I'm definitely like keen to the classic lime green. Ah, uh, yeah. The white and red. You can never go wrong with all black. You can never go wrong with all white. I went on the Nike app and designed my own. I did the uh, the Juneteenth colors on mine. I hope you put the Mad Game logo on it. They won't let me. <laughs> but I, you know what? I need to find a way to do that. If there's a design out there, I need to put the Mad Game logo yeah, on there. Yeah, man. Now, yeah. now, Mike, man, all right, so we, 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 we kind of ventured off. But how did you get started doing the DJ thing. And can I even classify you as a DJ or like yes. a curator? I, I can finally yes. say DJ now? I am now known. <laughs> Which camera am I looking at? <laughs> Don't you hear people do it on TV? Which camera am I looking at? <laughs> I am now known as DJ Soul Out. Yes, because when you first started, yeah, I you didn't, like, I'm, I'm not a DJ. Because I didn't feel DJ. like I was good enough to be called DJ nothing. You know, because all of my favorite DJs were so far ahead of me. And I had a long way to go before, and I respect the craft that much. It's not yeah. me being uh, modest, and then it's just the fact that I respected the craft enough to where I didn't think I was good enough to be called DJ. Hmm. But now I think I am good enough. Well, Damn I mean, it! I mean, you get Shit. booked. Can I curse? Yes, you can. Oh, this this the podcast. This ain't for TV. <laughs> yes, you, you can say that. Damn shit, all that. Yeah, man, I think I'm good enough now. But um, how did I get started DJing? Oh, shout out to. JB August. Ah. Uh well no, first of all, let me I'm 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 going a little too fast. So first I had the radio show. Mm-hmm. 96.9 WHYR. Me and my partner Mark Dub, we had a show called The Soul Lab. Yep. Every Friday night. And we did like a few months of the radio show. And it was basically just me. I wasn't even DJing. It was just me just putting together a playlist of songs that I would like to hear on the radio. Right. You know, and it was crazy because when I made my audition tape, I made like three different ones because they didn't understand the music I was playing. So the last one I made was like a mainstream, you know, my favorite mainstream songs. Yeah. And then once I got the job, I started playing all the underground stuff. Right. But uh, a friend of mine in the industry told me, he said, uh, the more popular your radio show get, people are gonna ask you to do one or two things. They're gonna ask you to host events or DJ events. And I'm talking literally less than a month, JB August called me. He told me he was doing this thing called Lend Your Seat Back. And he wanted the vibe of my radio show to be the vibe of his event. Hmm. Never DJ before, uh, basically took my laptop, hooked it up to the aux card uh, and in, the, in the venue right. and just played songs periodically throughout the breaks of his poetry sets and performances overnight. Right? right. So I thought it was cool. I got a nice reception from it. And I said, man, you know what? This must be what? Because I've always wanted to either rap or DJ. I was a rapper at first. So <laughs> you had bars, didn't you? I, I, I know you had some cold bars. <laughs> I thought I was Fife. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I used to think I was Nas for a second. I thought I was Fife. No, I take that back. I thought I was, I thought I was Fife. I thought I was Grand Pooba, because I wanted to dress like Grand Pooba, uh, and I thought I was uh, CL Smooth. 
man. <laughs> you know what? I can see you with a CL Smooth vibe. So man. you take those three rappers and put it together, and that's what made my rap style my rap style. But um, uh, I started uh my 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 good friend DJ Automatic, who was a hip hop DJ. He took me under his wing. I went to his crib. He gave me a couple lessons. He let me borrow his his turntables for the next event. Mm-hmm. And then I really enjoyed it to the point where I ordered my own turntables and I made sure I had my own turntables for the next event. While still learning and taking classes from DJ Automatic, and I just got better and better with it. Started picking up little tricks and... Now you just in demand. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know about in demand, but... I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I think I think you be in demand, man. I follow you on Instagram. You be traveling, but it's cool, man. I enjoy it, man. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. But yeah, I've been DJing ever since, and it's been lovely. Yeah, and I, and some people may, a lot of people, I'm pretty sure, know you from the barber world too. Mm-hmm. One of the coldest barbers in the city. That's what they say. That's what I heard. That's, yeah. I, I, that's what I, you know, yeah. I've seen the work. You yeah, know, I heard that before. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. How do you how do you balance the two? I mean, because both of them are kind of demanding. Yeah, it is. The cool thing is DJing only requires me to work at night and on weekends. Right. Um, barbering requires me to be working pretty much all day. Yes. So it kind of works. It works out unless I have an out of town gig. Mm. You know, I have a few of my clients that don't like when I have out of town gigs, but most of them pretty much understand. Um, but that's really the only time DJing gets in the way is when I have like an out of town gig or like an early, maybe festival type gig that, yeah. that that takes place on a Saturday in the middle of the day, or something like that. But other than that, it's not too bad. It's now just keep it. How, how many how many out of town gigs you be you be getting? Because I feel like you be you already was a traveler anyway before um, you started with turntables. Because mm-hmm. you 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 literally be like, oh yeah, man, I'm about to go over here, or over there. I love to travel, man. Um. You know, uh, this year, what this is, last year, I don't know. I've had, let me see, last year I traveled, let me see, I did, uh, I DJed in Florida, um, I DJed in Houston a few times, um, I DJed in DC at the Kennedy Center. Mm. Say, 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 say that again. Say that again. I DJed at the Kennedy Center last year. Actually, we're going back to the Kennedy Center this year. And oh, I so DJ'd... you get a return business is what I'm yeah, saying. Man. Huh. Yeah, man. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So that that must mean that you you're pretty good at this. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. I heard that too. <laughs> and I did Tulsa, man. Tulsa, Oklahoma. That was, shout out to the people over in Tulsa. Oh Oklahoma. man, how was that, man? That's cool. I got a chance to work with Merz. I got a chance to work with La Russell, and I got a chance to work with uh, Rhapsody. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was real, real cool. And it was crazy because I was literally only going out there to do my set. Like, I had my set, which was a night event. Right. It was an event connected to the festival. I was just going to enjoy the festival. But as soon as I woke up the next morning, we got down there the day before the uh, festival, and the next morning, the uh, curator of the festival asked me, was I in town? And he was like, Murs need a DJ. I said, all right, when? Now. <laughs> and yeah, I shot to the venue, man, and met Murs, and Murs is really, really cool. La Russell is cool, and Rhapsody is beautiful. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you She's cool, too, man. She's she, cool, too. She's cool, but yeah. first things first. She is beautiful, man. <laughs> she is beautiful. Because, you know, and I, I hope I'm not offending nobody, and I, hope, I promise you I'm, I hope I'm not offending her by saying this, but, I mean, she kind of give me 
I don't know. She never really gave me sex appeal vibes. She gave me, you know. But isn't that the sexiest thing? Yeah, yeah, and especially when the aura hits you in person. Mm. You know, because you you get you you know from watching her on television and seeing her on social media, she gives you one of the homie vibes. Mm. You know, but then when you see her, you be like, dang, she look good. She is real pretty. And then when she start talking and you a conversation, and you be like, that's always the most attractive thing when it's not. It's not forced, yeah. or it's not just like out yeah. there. Like it just yeah. kind of just yeah. boom, hit you by surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Rhapsody was cool, and it was funny because LaRusso is the same on and off camera. There's no the, there's the no laughing, difference. the laughing, you know. The <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no difference. Yeah, he's the same. It's like he's always happy. Huh. It, it's kind of like when Cat Williams described DMX. Mm-hmm. Went to dinner with DMX, mm-hmm. he was like. That's exactly how, like, seven exactly years on his album, that's exactly yeah, what man. he is in Russell is always happy. Hey, man. I could tell he was ready to go, and he was still happy. Well, that's, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Russell is cool. Russell is cool, but it was great. But, yeah, um, I do a lot of out-of-town gigs, man. I do a lot of out-of-town gigs. Last year may have been the most I ever, like, worked with celebrities. Because hmm. after that, I had the event in Houston, and I worked with Vivica Fox. How was that? that? Was cool too. Vivica Fox funny, man. She funny. She's sexy as hell. She like your sexy auntie. <laughs> yeah, Vivica she, Fox. Too. We'll say she's like a sexy auntie. Yeah. Because, you know, like you say a, your sexy No, not auntie. yeah, yeah. That's kind of crazy. You know, it's yeah. like kind of yeah, like Vivica Fox cool. I got Vivica Fox attention when she asked everybody in the room to name their favorite movie. And there was a lot of people in the room. And I was the only person that said Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Mark, mark, mark one for Mike. I right was the there. only person in the room. And I was like, man, nobody going to say Kill Bill? Nobody. I would have said Booty Call. You got Booty Call. Everybody everybody said, said it all. I so mean, we can play that game. That, that's just kind of like. Soul food. Yeah, that, that's, that's kind of that, that generic yeah, answer yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, like, you got you to gotta dig deep for some Vivica. Ain't nobody going to say Vivica. I mean, ain't nobody going to say Kill Bill. So yeah, that's, he was like. Oh. Mike, you know what you was doing. No, I wasn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. And she cool to work with. Vivica Fox cool to work with. I didn't know she had so much going on, man. She got wigs and all kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. She got a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, she got a, a deal with, uh, is it Hallmark or Lifetime? It's one of those networks, because I, yeah. I know she, she got into directing and producing. Mm-hmm. She got, like, a bunch of movies that she signed for. And, yeah. Yeah, so she's doing other... I think she did something like Cold Black, too. Okay. The production company. Okay. Yeah, I think she, I think she yeah, did something. Yeah, too. and it was cool. It was cool. Shout out to the Boss Chicks of Houston. I'm going to be out there again um, this year, this summer with them. Hmm. Working okay. with them. Okay. Not, not bringing it back home, because I know you, you know, we're talking about your stuff that you do outside, but how did you get to be kind of like the... I don't know, the, the, the go-to guy that knows the different artists just here. And I'm talking about, like, different genres. Because a lot of people don't realize this, too. Baton Rouge has a lot of different genres of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got your club, mm-hmm. jigging hip-hop, but then you got your witty lyricism, and mm-hmm. you got your street. Mm-hmm. How did you get to be kind of like, you're almost like the filter for that. So, first of all, let me just say this. Um, I don't know about the other DJs in Baton Rouge. But, and I think, man, you talked about this a while ago, and, um, but my laptop, my DJ laptop is probably 80% of just my personal collection. Hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like most DJs, they just they they pull music and they DJ for whatever the, you know, they right. it's their work laptop. Right. Like my work laptop is my personal laptop. So, um, majority of the DJs in Baton Rouge, I just had to get that out. But majority of the DJs in Baton Rouge, man, they uh, they they only do and prepare themselves for Baton Rouge events. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've gone to a lot of parties. I've studied a lot of DJs at Baton Rouge, and I ain't gonna sit here and say they all play the same songs. But I'm gonna say it. They play the, They all play the same songs, and I can tell you this much. I don't even mean to interrupt you. This is something that has really bothered me. Okay. Because there are so many different things that we could be playing. Mm-hmm. And every time I've gone out to events, they literally will play the same thing, mm-hmm. the same artist. Mm-hmm. And these ain't even new songs from the artist. It's just that. Yeah. And I, I feel like, why are we not progressing? Why, why why are the DJs not doing their job? DJs used to break yeah. artists. And I do. I do. And I, I love to do it. Right. I love it. So, so uh, there are so many, pretty much majority of the events in the parties in Baton Rouge are pretty much the same. Right, mm-hmm. they're the same. They're either uh, brunches or oh, everybody's brunch crazy. Yeah, they they brunches or they pop up shops or uh, and there's nothing wrong with that because I've done all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of DJs play it safe, and that's what one of my DJ senseis, DJ uh, Marquise, he gave me the nickname the B side DJ. Love DJ Marquise, by the way. Shout out DJ Marquise. Yeah, man. And and I never noticed what I was doing. I thought I was just playing what I like, thinking that everybody else like it. And it just so happened that everybody does like what I like, right? Mm-hmm. Not everybody, but a lot of people like what I like. Right. And then I had to figure out how can I mix in what I like with the things that everybody else like. Because a lot of the music that I play that I really like now... I don't think I would listen to it if I wasn't a DJ, hmm. you know, and I just, uh, I remember one time I went to this, 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 this hip hop, this hip hop event and, um, it was really, 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 really mind blowing. It was here in Baton Rouge and I never in my life thought that nobody in Baton Rouge knew how to rap. And I kept saying, why isn't the DJs or why isn't anybody talking about this small community of lyrical rappers in yeah. Rouge. Like, we got some rappers in Oh, Rouge. oh yeah. And nobody is talking about them. Nobody's playing their music. I go to, and then I started learning about them, and I started going to their events. It's normally like the poetry scene. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the poetry scene, and then you got the underground hip-hop scene. And I go to these events, and they would just have a laptop. And I'd be like, man, why y'all ain't got no DJ? Like, this is, this is... The only thing missing, this is some hip hop shit. There, 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 there's a big disconnect. I feel like with, is it? Yes. with with the artist in the mm-hmm. city and the DJs that have name recognition, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote name recognition. Mm-hmm. But you know, like and 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 some of the artists, I'm pretty sure you you, you were speaking of, I've probably you know encountered as well too. Free thinkers for mm-hmm. one. Those, yeah. those are some lyrical guys, yes. man. Yeah, yeah. Jay Woods, yeah. my name Dwayne, yeah. Robert Grant Jr. Yeah, yeah, all of them, by the way, were on Friday Night Flows with Johnny Hustle. Another one who, you know, I, Johnny Hustle is probably one of the more. He's a lyrical dude too. He he is lyrical. lyrical I think people dude. get mixed up with the party vibe, mm-hmm. but he's extremely lyrical. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, 
And it's crazy because Baton Rouge is a very hard. Like, I'm pretty sure every person from wherever city or state they're from, they're going to say it's hard. If you could make it there, you could make it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, they, they say that everywhere. Baton Rouge is something different. Way different. Like, Baton Rouge is something different. The one thing I love about Baton Rouge, they love their Baton Rouge artists. They do. Like, love their Baton Rouge artists. But but are, are we... And I say we, I'm talking about just, like, the public in the city. Because mm-hmm. I'm a part of that, too. Are we, are we shortchanging the love that a lot of these artists should be getting? And again, it, it goes back, not not you, because I know what you do, but it goes back to a lot of these DJs not deviating from their everyday playlist and inserting something new in there. If people are at an yeah. event, it's the DJ's, you know, I always feel like it's the DJ's job to introduce people to something new. So like bringing it back full circle, when we were talking about your segment on Laugh Now, Laugh Later, and what was the first thing I told them? Like, you introduced me to a lot of people I mm-hmm. didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. That's the mark of a really good DJ, a really good music curator, is that you're introducing me to something new. That's why I'm, I want to go to you. And it's not because they're sliding you money. That's payola. Yeah. You're doing it because, hey, this is a vibe. Mm-hmm. I got an ear for this. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's dope. Mm-hmm. I think I should share it with you now. And that's the gift of music. I don't feel like a lot of these DJs do their job. Well, they are doing their job. They are, but it's a way you can do your job. So shout out to David Facey over at uh, Dead Poet. Okay. David hired me at Dead Poet to be me. Right? Mm -hmm. He hired me at Dead Poet to be me. He said, man, Mike, whatever you feel the vibe is, I got you here to do what you do. Don't do what you think they want to hear. Right. Do you. So I said, all right, cool. I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it was going to be easy. But it was actually harder than I thought. Because while I'm doing me, the people in the club, they want to hear something else. They ain't joining in. Right. Some of them were. Yeah. Some of them were. And, you know, I had to figure out how to incorporate what they want to hear versus not just what I want to hear, but introduce them to artists and introduce them to Finding the balance. Yeah, find a balance. And I figured that I figured it out because, you know, David was like, Mike, I do not want you to play. I want people to feel like they're in another state when they come here. Right. In another city when they come here. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I got you. So, okay, well. And that's when I came up with the whole, all right, I'll mix Webby with Larry June. You know what I'm saying? Just blend it. Or I'll mix... Fredo Bangs with YBN Corday. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the popular YBN Corday. Right. Or I would take the underground artist and a song that an underground may ha- artist may have with a popular artist. Because a lot of time it's not about like the fact they don't hear or they don't know the artist. They just want to hear a familiar voice. Right. Right. Or like a familiar beat. Or a familiar beat. Yeah, and then that's another thing. I started playing remixes. I started playing beats where artists was freestyling over, hmm. you know, stuff like that. But it's real hard in Baton Rouge because Baton Rouge wanna, they want jig, boy. Yeah, they want a jig, man. So, so how how do our our stars that 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 we know of how can they shine brighter if everybody's kind of entrenched in 
just this. I hate to say this, but and I I probably had to do this, you know, when you asked me about my out of town gigs. Mm-hmm. I had to do this. Um, a lot of artists, if they don't make it here, they have to leave and make it somewhere else and then come back here. People forget you know? Kevin Gates was considered like a lyrical artist too. Kevin Gates is a very lyrical artist. I mean, and, I and not remember. to say was like he still is, but let me tell you, I used to cut Kevin Gates hair when he was a student at McKinley High. And he would come every Friday after school and get a haircut and we would have the exact same conversation. It was a debate. I was Jay-Z, he was Nas. Hmm. And he, um, so I remember listening to a Black Thought album. It was either a Black Thought album or, I can't remember who album was. It was either a Black Thought album, Little Brother album, one of those hip hop albums. Right. And it was a quote in the album, on the album, it was a, a guy speaking and he said, one of the qualifications of a lyricist is having an impeccable memory. Kevin Gates has an impeccable memory. I'm talking about even his, when he was a senior in high school, junior in high school. Mm-hmm. He had an impeccable... The only reason why he had beat me in the debates is because he memorized so many lyrics from other artists. <laughs> Bruh, I'm not surprised that Gates being where he is now because he is a hip-hop junkie. Right. He is a fan. He's a student. And like I said, he meet all the criterias of a lyricist. And anybody who listens to him, they should be able to pick up the fact that he's heavily influenced by hip-hop not just not from Baton Rouge mm-hmm. you can you can see it in his lyrics his favorite rapper is not I don't know if it is today but I remember in high school right his favorite rapper was Nas he loved Nas he would get the fade and everything like Nas yeah and, and I mean you can see that just in like I said in, in his whole lyricism but yeah. so how does one you know beat the odds because for every Kevin Gates I mean there's th- there's more to this city than just I think what people know us for I think this may sound, and tell me if I'm contradicting myself, but I really feel like lyricists are not. You still gotta make something that sound like Baton Rouge. Yeah, you and, got and, to and, make and Gates that did do like that. that. He did. He did do like, that. You have to make something that sound like Baton Rouge. I don't give a, I don't care where you're trying to go. If you're from Baton Rouge, you have to make something for this city. It still gotta not. And you still can make music for outside the city, right? But I think, to answer your question, I think what an artist has to do, he has to just figure out that balance, like what I had to do. Right. You got to figure out that balance. Now, on, now, on the flip side, I got to play devil's advocate a little bit, too. Even when Gates was coming up around that time, too, local radio was still local radio. Mm-hmm. It's not anymore. Mm-mm. So when I say that, when, when I bring up radio, when I bring up DJs as well, too, there were institutions that helped bring these artists along because you could hear Gates on 94.1 mm-hmm. before he was Gates, you know? You you know, you had DJs who would take a chance, mix him in on these, and then that exposure. If people, you know, I feel like if, if, if there were more institutions that kind of added validity to the artist, because mm-hmm. that's sometimes that's all it takes, you mm-hmm. know? It's like, they, the artist could be hot for forever, but sometimes all it takes is a cosign. The cosign is the institution. Yeah. Now, it's not always a, a more established artist that cosigns you. Sometimes it's just, hey, the radio played this song today. Or, you know, that's part of even what we were doing with Friday Night Flows. Shout out to the Night Prince. The Night Prince was the creator 
Like, that was the local, that was the institution. Mike, you got like a quiet storm voice, though. Shout out to... <laughs> you do, you do. Thank you. I it took me about surprise. you like, shout out to the Night Prince. Shout out to the Night Prince. Is it the Night Prince? Was that his name? The Night Prince? Got I thought, this mega mix? I thought it was. Going on, boy. I th- yeah. His show was the show we listened to for local music. That, um, even... Even when I was younger, uh, Tweezy, mm-hmm. I can remember when Tweezy, before it was the morning show he was on, he would come on like in the evening, mm-hmm. like, you know, five, six o'clock or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he would play these these artists from the area. Mm-hmm. I, don't even wanna, I don't even wanna call them local anymore, it's artists from the area. Yeah. Cause I feel like local has a certain connotation to it. Mm-hmm. But artists from the area, and he would, you know, his countdowns and everything, like, they would be included in the countdowns with the major artists. Yep. And, but I, so I feel like, you know, that helps. So when we talk about that, but, you know, these radio stations here, they're not locally owned and operated anymore. No, they're, they're owned by a conglomerate. And they don't play artists from the area. So that's what I was alluding to, even with Friday Night Flows. Adding that validity, having a TV show centered around, okay, we're going to highlight artists who, you know, who deserve that spotlight. It's not even like a like a gift. It's just mm-hmm. if I see you really working out here mm-hmm. and I see that not only are you working, but you're talented, mm-hmm. shouldn't the institution now say, hey, we see it. Let's recognize mm-hmm. it. That's why people get awards and everything. You get recognized for mm-hmm. Not only the work that you're doing, but that you're good at the work that you're doing. Yeah. You get booked because you're good at what you do. Yeah. It's not that someone's just giving you the opportunity. Like, oh, we right. see Mike out here, and he says yeah. on his Instagram he he really wants to DJ, so we're just gonna yeah. throw it to him. Yeah. It's not that no. you you went and studied for this. Mm-hmm. You know, you studied under some great DJs, mm-hmm. and you and you've become a sought after DJ now because yeah. of, but you put in the work. There's no cheat code to that. Right. No. So that's why, you know, when I bring up why aren't more DJs taking a risk in playing unsigned, you know, artists who are not signed to major labels, you know, you look at artists like, you know, the Robert Grants, the J1s, the My Name Dwayne's, but then you mm-hmm. look at artists like Box, mm-hmm. Johnny Hustle, mm-hmm. Headband Beezy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Fluff, mm-hmm. you know, all these people who are... We can go on and on, man. And we see, but now that's a variety of artists I just dropped right there, mm-hmm. you know, but they're putting in the work, and I mean, you know, they're being professional about it. It's not like they're bootleg. You no. know, these are people who are... I'm talking about and have amazing product, um, yes. projects. Yes. You know, I'm talking about amazing. Like, uh, this little young cat named Jaira, his album reminds me of, uh, like, a To Pimple Butterfly or a J.I.D. album. You yeah. know how it's kind of like skit song, or you might have, like, two songs... And on one track, right? Be tra- like his, which, which that 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 takes yeah, creativity. Man. That takes really, you know, yeah, yeah. deliberate thinking about yeah. your product. Of Jazz Bandito, he another one. He dope as hell too. Uh, it's a lot of them, bro. So that's what I'm saying. Why, why, why is the city, not even the city. I'm not even gonna say the city. The institutions of the city. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like they're not doing their job. Well, they are doing their job. That's the reason why we don't hear them. Um, I remember talking to so that compromises what you're saying. Well, yeah, because they don't they don't they don't have a say so. Mm. Um, not gonna say his name, but he's a, a a radio DJ personality here in Baton Rouge. 
and we did like a super small low-key workshop with a bunch of local rappers and a bunch of uh, people of power or people of position and shit I said okay and they asked them they was like bro is it any way I can get my music played on 94.1 and this particular guy said no he said because the powers are at the powers that be are gonna want to know who you are where you come from and why are why is your song more important than the new Drake song? Hmm. And that was it. And we that that's basically what he said. Okay, he said so a as, even aside from from stations, okay, they they got their marching orders. Mm-hmm. I get that. You got a job. You got to do what they mm-hmm. what they tell you. They pay mm-hmm. you. But what about different events though? The events outside of that station that DJs that work there, DJs that don't work there, go do. I don't really see them incorporate anybody there either. Well, I remember a long time ago, I heard uh, someone say that if they won't let you in the building or let you in the event, you create your own event. Mm. And that's the reason why I came up with Soul Lab Sundays. Oh, that was a great pivot. Yeah. I love that. That's a great pivot. Yeah. That's <laughs> the no, but that's that's the truth. That's the reason why I came up with Soul Lab Sundays. One, um, it's my event, so I can play whatever I want to play. Right. Right? If you don't like what I play, you don't have to come. But if you uh, love what I play, it's free. You know? And come and listen to some good music. And I try my hardest to spotlight those artists who aren't being seen. Like, that's really the... To me, and, and if there is any other way, somebody please let me know. But... I feel like that's the only way that that can work. You have to create your own space and invite people so people can hear and know and learn and just absorb this new energy. So we just got to just create more. Yeah. That's which way you said it again. We just have to create more. We definitely have to create more. Okay. And yeah, and that's why I took it upon myself to create Soul Lab Sunday. So for basically to answer your question. You know, all of these artists have, and that's really how I met a lot of these artists. You know, um, yeah. word got around, there's a hot mic available for somebody to get in front of it. And they called me or they sent me a DM, and I'm, I'm yes all the time. The only way I say no is if I'm booked. So, And then that's not even a no. It just means next month. <laughs> so, so for the record, so between Soul Lab Sunday yeah. and Friday Night Flows of Johnny Hustle. Absolutely. We are doing our part. Yeah. Yeah. And neither one of us have nothing to hang our heads down about. It's those other people who complain and aren't doing anything. And that's why I salute you, brother. Well, I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that. You know still sharp and still. Iron sharp and iron. Absolutely, man. Actually, you motivated me, too. So, because you're one of the first people I see doing their thing with the whole media outlet. And I'm just trying to be like you. But oh, we're yeah. going to reverse that because Soul Lab <laughs> Sunday eclipses. But nah, that's the reason why. a lot of things that we (laughs) (laughs) But nah, that's the real reason why. Those are the two main reasons why I started Soul Lab Sunday. You know, people, like, it was times where, like, my friends would just come over to the crib. And you've been by the crib. Yeah. People would come by the crib. First of all, I'm not going to disclose any locations or anything. (laughs) Mike's crib is legendary. No, stop. It It is the most, let me see, how can I, how, how can I find the words? And this ain't this. I'm not gassing you up, <laughs> but the crib is just like really nice, man. It's got a good view. 
it's it's it's, just, it's it's a real nice spot. Like I saw it, I was like, man, this is, this is nice. You need a roommate, homie? He said, I do. His name is Fred. <laughs> Fred is his Fred is his broke best friend. Fred, man, Fred the bulldog. Yeah, man, Fred the bulldog. If you follow me on Instagram, you know who Fred is. Yes, but. Yeah, man, and my friends would just come over on Sundays just to hit me DJ or just to chill. And when they chilling, I might put some salmon in the oven or, you know what I'm saying? And I just get behind salmon the turntable. Salmon is just, it's such a Sunday fish, dude. Is it? It's yeah. a Sunday fish. Yeah, man. You know, and of course I have a bottle or whatever, and we just, I just get to mixing and record. Don't and forget the cigar. And the cigar. Yeah. Not inside, though. We got to go outside and smoke the cigars, but... Yeah, that's after. So what happens is I would make... I'm glad you said that, because what happens is I would like DJ for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours, while everybody hanging out and chilling. Mm-hmm. And then I have my like my friends will be over and they'll be doing things like drawing or creating, whatever they're doing. Oh, this is just homegrown. Yeah, so I would um, just do what I do and record myself DJing. And after I record myself DJing, of course I like to hear what I've done. Right. So that's when we go and we like the cigars mm-hmm. and we drink. And yeah, that's. One of the many ways Soul Lab Sunday got created. My boy Marcel P. Black, he uh, was a prominent local rapper that didn't conform to the Baton Rouge traditional music. But he's from Oklahoma. Too. He's from Oklahoma. That's right. where he lives now. But he lived in Baton Rouge for a while. He came out here, went to Southern. And as a matter of fact, he's actually one of the main curators of the hip hop scene. Marcel yeah. P. Black, him, Donnie Rose. Uh, DJ Automatic, the guy that taught me, and um, a few others. And Marcel reminds me of Killer Mike so much, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the way he walks in a room, you know, the what he commands. He's always wearing red, black, and green. He and these uh, non-African Americans who own <laughs> a lot of these establishments would not allow him to do his thing in their establishments. Right. So. He and I talked one day, and uh, I said, well, shit, you can just do it at the barbershop. You did start doing a lot of stuff at your barbershop. I did, and that was the reason. That was one of the reasons why I opened yeah. up my barbershop. I didn't just open up my barbershop just to be cutting hair in. I wanted to utilize the whole space. Oh, no, your barbershop has always been a vibe. Yeah, man. Yeah, Go in man. there, you might see. I appreciate that, too. That's kind of what I, I, I thrive to do. Just being honest, man. Yeah, like, man. I, I, don't, I don't believe in putting no octane in nobody's back. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest about it. So, with... <laughs> hey, silly. So, with... Um, the idea that Marcel had to do Faith to Flow Sundays in the barbershop and what I was doing at home mm-hmm. with my friends, we kind of just put all that together, created Faith to Flow Sundays. People would come from far and near to rap in the barbershop. We did that for, I don't know, five, six years maybe, and he got a great job in Tulsa, moved. Um, people started asking questions, and so that Sunday was created. You know, so shout out to Matt and Liz over at Yes We Cannibal on uh, 1600 Government Street for allowing me to utilize their space. And we make that work, man. We make okay. that work work. And I, I'm I'm proud of it. Okay. Yeah, I'm real proud of it. Like you say, man, we just have to, I say all that to just basically answer the questions. We have to create our own space. Right. In order for us to you know, make this thing go, man, because underground hip-hop is, like, really, really different in Baton Rouge. It is. I mean, because it, it's, it's so many different spectrums to it. We're like, a jiggalating city, man. But uh, We but are, like, and ain't nothing wrong with that. There's it's, nothing wrong there's with it. There's absolutely I nothing wrong with it. I love 
a good jig set. As I a like DJ. my fried chicken every once in a while. Hell yeah, but that yeah. salmon just <laughs> so it's, healthier. It's just so so much smoother so though. Healthier, but every man. once in a while, you know, you you might have to get you know a man. leg or a thigh yeah, or a wing and, and, and double batter it up. Yeah, man, we can't eat at we can't eat at Whole Foods every day. No. Sometimes we got to go to the blue store. <laughs> or chicken shack. Or chicken I'ma shack. I'm going to say chicken shack. I'm going to say chicken yeah, shack. Chicken, you know, everybody, you know, everybody do blue store. I, I chicken shack. You know, because the one thing that I hate, the one thing that I hate, I hate when an artist tell me, they they give me their music, and they be like, man, check me out. It's something different. It's not like this Baton Rouge music. I hate when people tell me that. Even though, you know, my favorite rappers are not from Baton Rouge. Right. Um... I still love my Baton Rouge music, you and you can't take that from you. Can't take that away. You can't not. You can't disown it. Nah, I don't give. I don't give a damn if you J Electronica. You know he gonna rap New Orleans. Exactly. You know what I'm saying. He, he don't sound like a hot boy. No. But no. He is but, New Orleans through yeah, and through. Yeah, man. Yeah. And 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 like you say, Kevin Gates, man. He another one. He is a lyrical ball for ball. I put him up against. He in my top five of of of. Of Louisiana rappers, really? Yeah, he is definitely in my top five. Okay, well, since you bring that up, <laughs> since you you brought it up, not me. Mm-hmm. I was gonna bring it up, but you beat me to the punch. Mm-hmm. And we 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 gonna we gonna do a few of these, but tell me, who are your top five? Louisiana, that's statewide, statewide, statewide. It ain't got to just be Baton Rouge. Statewide, top five Louisiana rappers. Webby, okay. Kevin Gates, all right. Yeah, Electronica. Okay. Uh, man, main music so hard to me, bro. Mm. Main music so dope, man. We 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 three in. But I don't know if I'm gonna put him in there because I gotta put C-Loke in there. Ah, you you know what? Yeah, I can see that. And uh, impact alone, I mean, C-Loke yeah. is. Now, mind you, this is my top five, right? Mm-hmm. I definitely respect everybody that has left Baton Rouge. I respect NBA Youngboy. I respect Boosie Badass. I respect all of the rappers that have left Baton Rouge. But, man, that fifth one. Oh, Louisiana? Yeah. Lil Wayne. Oh, how can I forget Wayne? Okay. I'm tripping. I'm I, Baton Rouge. I, I, I'll give you my top five Louisiana. Okay. Okay. McKinley Phipps. Mac. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. I got a story about him. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great person, bro. You gotta throw Young Bleed in there. Mm-hmm. For me, you gotta throw Young. He was in the barbershop last week. You gotta throw Bleed in there. Yeah. Max Manelli. Mm. Gotta throw Manelli in there. I mean, lyrical. First of all, are we doing Louisiana or Baton Rouge? We're doing Louisiana. Okay. It's just a lot of mine seem to be in this area. Okay. Okay. Um Currency. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna throw a wrench in in everybody. I'm I'm, I'm and I'm not just saying this because a lot of people might look at me sideways. But my fifth, and I'm gonna say it with my chest out. Ooh. Johnny Hustle. Okay. And I'm not saying just because my homeboy. Mm-hmm. I'm saying because ball for ball, mm-hmm. Johnny is a hard body. Mm. Okay. That's my top five, Louisiana. I said it with my chest out. Hey man. And you want to comment, you can comment. The wonderful thing about top fives is everybody's different. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I appreciate the fact that you stand on it, you know? Ten toes down. Absolutely. I'm ten Absolutely. toes down. Now, we did Louisiana. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Give me your top five rappers. 
Sci-fi rappers? Yeah. Oh, that's easy. It changes a lot, though. So today, mine vacillates. Mine changes a lot. But too. you know what? This one has been the same for a while, like a okay. couple of years. This okay. one has been the same. My top five rappers, like of all time, or like right now? Of all time. Of all times? Your top five of all time. Oh, man. Uh, Jay-Z. Okay. Nas. All right. Black Thought. All right. J Electronica. Okay. Pimp C. Huh. Interesting. That's mm-hmm. a very eclectic list. Mm-hmm. Of all times. Of and, all I mean, time. You know, we got a second five. Of course, we love our Biggies. We love our Tupacs. Right. We love our, our whoever's. You know, our Nipsey Hustles. We love our uh, uh, Karis Ones. We love our Bum Bees, mm-hmm. our Lil Wayne's. We love them. I love them. Yeah. But that might have been my second five on the slick. But yeah, my top, my, that was, that's my top five. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. One of mine? Mm-hmm. All right. LL Cool J. Mm-hmm. Scarface. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Nas. Hmm. And see, it's always that last one that I gotta stick my chest out on, right? <laughs> always the last I gotta stick my chest out on, right? Three stacks. Andre three thousand. Okay. All right. Now that could change tomorrow. Now I remember Jay Z saying that top five is a uh, is a little it's a little unfair. We should do like a, a top six. Mm. I guess like an honorable mention. I guess six man off the bench. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, man. Uh, so who was that last man? Who was that last one? Three stacks. Three stacks. Yeah. I like three stacks. I kind of the thing about three stacks with me is the he make you mad because he's so elusive. He is, man. And I just. I remember at one point in my life, I would get upset because they would put three stacks in a five. Really? Yes. Because of because he hasn't. So and 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 trust me, I understand that and I get that because three stacks has never put out a true solo album. Never. And he's very skittish about his output. I just remember one point when Big Boy was everybody's favorite rapper and Andre was weird to everybody. I remember that. Not you, but just in general, man. Yeah. Like people would, and now all of a sudden, it's he, all it's all the love for three steps. Because I ain't gonna lie, I feel like one of the criterias of having a top five is body of work. Now, True. Outkast is definitely in my top five groups. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Oh yeah, they, Outkast might be the greatest rap group of all time. They, I, I would be willing to say that because yeah. I mean, and, and then you gotta think about this too because even if you look at Southern contribution to hip hop, mm-hmm. you've got three of some of the best duos to come out mm-hmm. in the South: Outkast, mm-hmm. UTK, mm-hmm. A Ball and MJG. Mm-hmm. Those are three of like the best. When you think about hip hop duos, mm-hmm. like, and then you gotta remember. These three never really just truly broke up. Mm-hmm. EPMD broke up. Yeah, they did. I the Dog Pound broke up. They did. Mob Deep split for a, a quick little second. They did. Yeah, they did. But those three groups, they never, never really. Broke up. They did solo stuff, but yeah. they would feed. They they never truly. They there was no bad blood between them. Yep. Yep, yep. Even with you know Dre going off on his musical sabbatical and kind of leaving Big Boy. But you know what though. So first of all, let me just say this. The reason why I stopped thinking the way I was thinking when people would put Dre in their top five mm-hmm. is because if you go back, and I'm sure you've gone back a hundred gazillion times, because I know you, 
But if you go back and you listen to old Outkast music, man, this dude rapped his ass off on every song. He did. It was layered, too. And it was so ahead of his time. You know, in 94, 95, we called Andre weird. But now, everything that he said in all of those Outkast albums was like, damn. Favorite Outkast album? I'm torn between Southern Playlist, Cadillac Funky Music, and Speaker Box Love Below. Mm. The first one and the last one. I'm mm. torn between AT Aliens and mm-hmm. Aquimini. The weird moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now tell me if you agree with this. And keep my I have Southern Playlist, Cadillac Music on vinyl. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. Same. It, it, it sounds better on vinyl. It does. It does. I got the uh, vinyl me. Uh, is it the vinyl me please version I got? With the weird color actual uh, wax. Oh, no. I don't have that version. Yeah. Um. Okay. So tell me if you agree or disagree. Okay. I remember Fonte. Fonte said, when are we going to admit that dog, that uh, soul food was a better album? Than AT Aliens. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is, though. Like, I find myself actually listening to Soul Food more than AT Aliens. It really is. Um, and and th- that's funny. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I've never heard that quote, but when will we admit that? Though? I don't know. And I feel like, uh, I feel like Spankonia is a slept on outcast album. It is. And I, I feel think like it's very slick. I think because it was, it had so many songs on it. Mm-hmm. But as far as the content, I I enjoy stuff. Equipment I was a five mic album, right? Equip, yeah, Equipment I was a five mic album. Okay, yeah. Okay. Stangonia was the follow up to Equipment. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's why it was slept on. Why is it that every album that comes, and this is to me with every majority of most artists, why is it that every album that comes after the classic album gets the hardest time? I don't know. It's like the stepchild. It is. Do do you know an album that I feel like is is unfairly beaten up? I don't know why. No, I feel I feel like I know what you're gonna say. Nostradamus. Oh no, it's terrible. I'm sorry. No, I feel like it it was labeled terrible because of the singles that he put out. If you take away the Nostradamus single, the "You Owe Me" with Genuine, just Mm -hmm. take those two singles off the album. Okay. It plays. It does. That was an industry album, too, I think. Well, you know, it, it, it was rushed because I Am was supposed to be a double album. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, part of it got bootlegged. And then, mm-hmm. you know. But no, I mean, think about it. He had the track with Ron Isley on there, Project Windows. That just, I mean, you could play that and, like, just visually just see everything. I ain't going to lie. I was one of the ones that threw it away. See? Be- because you let the single. I did. I, I have the album. I have the album, you know, too. I and have I, the album. And I remember just... bumping it. I'm like. Okay, I see why people are saying this because of these these two songs. Mm-hmm. And then you got to remember, it came after what? I Am. I mm-hmm. Am was a triumphant album. I Am was dope. But people were saying he was going to Hollywood at the time because with the Hate Me Now, yeah, and he's in there yeah. spitting out Chris Style with yeah, Diddy, and yeah. they got the Minks, yeah. and this is coming after Illmatic. And he said written. that, though. He said that, but I Am is actually one of my favorite Nas albums, though. Is it? Yeah. What's my favorite Nas album? Ooh, my favorite Nas album is The Untitled. 
Really? Yeah, I love that album. I love it. I play that's it. a solid album. That's a go-to too. Like this is like one of those. You know, you know when you you, you, you get in the my, car, you like right. All what? my music lovers know what I'm talking about. When you get in your car, you're at the crib. You feel like hearing something, but you just don't know what you feel like listening to. That's one of the go-to's. Yes, that's the go-to. Favorite track on that album has to be Fried Chicken. <laughs> Little Buster Rhymes. Yes, I love that song. I love that song. I think my favorite song on that album is either Breathe or Sly Fox. And I'm gonna tell oh, you why I love Sly, Sly Fox. I'm gonna tell you why Sly Fox. Sly Fox. Sly Fox became my favorite song on the album after I seen him live and he performed that album. Because he performed that song. I, that was the worst album song on the album to me until I saw him perform that. It was, as a matter of fact, it was it was J Electronica, Talib, Kweli, and Nas, and they were on tour. And that was when that album came out. Isn't it funny how that can change your perception of a song if that's you just I, see? That's sometimes it's sometimes concert. it's just seeing the visual for like the video. Mm -hmm. I can remember I would skip past certain songs on albums, mm -hmm. and then they would drop it as a single on a video. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, huh, I actually like this song. I'm gonna tell you, it was for me. I it just remembering off back, Sly Fox was one of those songs that I didn't like before I heard the artist sing it live, mm -hmm. and it was a song off Confessions, Usher's Confession. I hated this record, but when he, it was the first song he sung. At the Confessions concert. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> What song is that? <laughs> like, is this new? <laughs> so caught up, got me feeling it. I did not like that song when I first heard the album. Really? But that was the first song he came out to on the Confessions tour. And I'm like, <laughs> Changed your whole perception of the whole song. And it was crazy. Sly Fox was, was, his, was the first song he sung. Off that album, off the tour, oh, on that day, um, at the concert. So they just placed the songs differently on the yeah, track list, and that yeah, might yeah. that might affect some things like, too. Man, Sly Fox goes so hard. Why is it going so hard right now? Do you know what I? This this is kind of random, but we talk. You bring up live. Mm -hmm. You know what I always wished for? Mm -hmm. I wish Jay Z would have dropped a live version of American Gangsta album. Well, there's a live. He did a lot of performance. Yeah, that was so hard. And I was like, like I wish that was the album. Right. Yeah, because so when hard. you had the live instrumentation to it, I was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this mm -hmm. album is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But I wished he would have dropped that live. Like, if he would have, you know, the same special that he did and then just dropped the live version, mm -hmm. like how Nas did the Illmatic thing. Yeah, with the uh, orchestra. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I think every artist should do a live album. I, I think, think every I think so. rapper should take one of their albums. Or not even one of the albums, just a medley and just do a live album. I think that would be the test for greatness right there. That's like the measuring stick. Mad right? Game TV needs to bring back Mad... I'm going to call it Mad Game. We're not going to call it the other network. We're going to call it Mad Game Unplugged. Remember, uh... Oh, Unplugged? I remember Unplugged. You know what? That used to be the litmus test. Yes. When you when you made it to a certain level... Yes. You gotta do a you gotta do an unplug. I remember LL was like one of the first rappers to do an unplug. Because everybody was teasing about the deodorant on his arm. I remember because in the interview we addressed, he was like, at least I wasn't stinking. <laughs> yeah, man. I think I think I think every artist should do a live. I, I bet you Rick Ross would do an amazing live album. You know what? That's somebody who I don't think people want to accept as being just upper echelon. I yeah. think I think I think people want to deny that for him. You know why? And it's just my personal opinion. I think it's because he doesn't sell a lot of records. Like, believe it or not, I don't think Ross has any platinum albums. I think he's never going to pass Maybe those. one. As, I, a, as a matter of fact, I think 
I think the only platinum we had was a uh, Teflon Don. Okay, because if I'm not mistaken, I was about to say, I, I, and I could be wrong, but Port of Miami probably just went platinum. I think it did. Like, just went platinum. Yeah, like last year. He's definitely a gold-selling artist, but I think that's part of the reason. I think it's because he don't sell a lot of records, and he don't have a lot of mainstream hits. All his main, all his hits are with people. Right. Khaled, Drake, yeah. you know, Wayne. But just as an artist in general, I think he's been the most consistent one over the last... Decade. Oh, he he in my top five of today's rappers. Like yeah. all of my rappers that I listen to today are like close in age with me. I I, I definitely <laughs> listen to a lot of Ross too. Yeah. Um But I think like people don't want to. I don't think people want to give him his due though. Yeah, I don't know why, but Ross is definitely an amazing. He has a really good catalog. Like really he does. slept on catalog. He does. You know. I, matter of fact, I don't think I've heard just a. A bad Ross album, like how we were just saying, like you know, you're like, oh, Nostradamus, that album was horrible. But name just a bad Ross album. A bad Ross album? Yeah. Let me see. I'm a big Rick Ross fan. Um, and I'm crazy. I've only seen Rick Ross in concert once. Um, a bad Rick Ross album? Um, you might be right. The only misstep I could see with Ross is what was the name of that album? Black Market. Then we dropped Black Market. Black right, Market, yeah, he had the, the mixtape Black Dollar. Right before that, I feel like Black Dollar should have been the album. Because mm-hmm. Black Dollar was better than Black Market. Yeah, that was the album that had Money Dance on it. Yeah, they yeah. they they had some joints on that. Yeah, but I think I think his worst album to me is Port of Miami. Really, his first album I think is not yeah. a bad album, but it's just not my favorite. It's it's actually not my favorite either. Yeah. When it, when it first came out, I had expectations for it. Yeah, and I think. He didn't display what he what he really was like. No. That felt like. Remember before before Tupac like really exploded. Like them first two albums, they were kind of hit or miss. Strictly for my niggas and Tupac was not right. Yeah, they were good, but they were yeah. a lot of the tracks were kind of like hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And then he he put out the Thug Life compilation with mm-hmm. with the guys. But then after that. He comes out with me against the world. Mm-hmm. And that's when I feel like he really got in his bag. Yep. But everything before that was kind of like, you know, he got good singles, mm-hmm. you know, and he was selling. But as far as bodies of work, I think the first two albums were his weakest works. Teflon Don was Rick Ross' second album, right? No, no, no. Uh, his second album was uh, Triller. Third, was yeah, the third was uh, Deeper Than Rap. Fourth was Teflon Don. What? Because now I'm thinking album couples. Mm-hmm. That's the one where it was just his face with the glasses on. That's the one that had BMF on it. So what was the album? His second album, the album cover, was him peeking out of the Maybach backseat. Right. What album was that? That's Triller. There's a huge difference in music from Port of Miami to Triller. It is. Right. It is. Like a huge difference. Like majority of Triller sound like Maybach music. Yeah. You know, but but Port of Miami was strictly most of that album was like Manny Fresh, Jazzy Faye, it, it felt Cool and Dre produced. You know what I'm saying? Port of Miami to me sounded kinda like generic Southern. Mm-hmm. If I had to just kind of just say like I'd say like it sounded like generic Southern like. What works in the South? Mm-hmm. Boom, and yeah. then just kind of stuck it. And then Triller sounded like he kind of took more of the creative range, mm-hmm. I guess, in a sense. And then deeper yeah. the rap was kind of. I always do the rule of threes. 
Okay. When I do TV shows, I always give it three episodes. You got three episodes to impress me yeah. for me to stick with you. Yeah. Artists, I feel like by that third album, that's the make or break time. Mm -hmm. The first album, people giving you the chance. Second album, we our expectations go a little bit higher. By the third album, that's gonna determine you either going here or there. Yeah, because that's in, in my opinion. Things. Like, think about this: Jay Z wasn't Jay Z until Hard Knock Life. Hold up now. And a lot of I'm talking about in a lot not 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 as a fan. Oh. I'm talking about in a in a lot of people's eyes. You gotta remember, Reason Without went gold. Yeah. In my lifetime, Volume One went platinum, mm -hmm. but it was the, marred by critics, was it not? The Hard Knock Life. But then Hard Knock Life comes out, yeah. he sells four, and now he's like, the and he top got a guy. Grammy. Did he win a Grammy? I was nominated for a Grammy for. Hard I Knock think Life. I think he won a Grammy. Yeah. So, yeah. but that was the third album. Yeah. I feel like it's always the rule of threes. Hmm. Tupac. Think about this: his first two albums, Tupac lives now strictly for my niggas. Mm -hmm. His third solo album was Me Against the World. Classic. You see what I'm saying? Classic. Yeah. Jay Z. His third album was hailed as ah the best thing ever. Even think about this. And again, it, it goes either one way or the other. Was the recession Jesus' third album? Yes. Because that was his. That was his third album. Right. He had. Now Thug, you got me thinking about everybody's third album. Thug Motivation 101. Then he released. Uh, what was it 102? 102, and then recession. And then the recession. I think he had a break. I think he did like Pac did. He had the group, the CTE. Yeah, he put a, he put out CTE. Mm hmm Now yeah. think about this. Look at even somebody as notable as 50 Cent. His third album. What was the third album? Before I self destruct. Mm hmm Yeah. His mm -hmm. first album, Get Rich or Die Trying. Second was The Massacre. The Massacre. And I feel like The Massacre was slept on. I love The Massacre. That's no, the third album was Curtis. I'm sorry. The third Curtis. album was Curtis. And then Before I Stopped the Struggle. Right. Yeah. But each album, if you notice, it started going down. What was the single on Curtis? Uh, Have a Baby By Me? Yeah. No, no, no. It was a I Get Money. I Get Money? Yeah. That was on the third album? Baby By Me was fourth album, Self Destruct. And then they had the song, uh, Do You Think About Me? Yeah, on the on the that fourth was, album. Yeah, that was self destruct too. Yeah, but see that second album, that massacre. Everybody like Get Rich or Die Trying. My favorite album was the massacre. I actually enjoy the massacre more than Get Rich or Die Trying. Yes, too. indeed, man. Because I feel like you know, it's almost like you know what I compare Fifty's first two albums with hmm. Biggie's first two albums. Okay, Ready to Die was raw, gritty. Life after death, he bossed up. Yeah, it was so clean. Yeah, he. But he said it though. He said, man, the things that. His life changed after the first album, right? So he couldn't rap about the same things. So we we kind of see that progression a little bit with Fifty. We get Richard Dottrine. Get Richard Dottrine was raw, you know. It was still aggressive on the massacre, but didn't it feel like he was kind of more? He was speaking from a different perspective on the massacre than he was on Get Richard Dottrine. I feel like the only good songs on Get Richard Dottrine. People are gonna be mad at me for saying this, but I feel like the only good songs on Get Richard Dottrine were the singles. Like, no one has ever, like, every conversation that I've had about 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying, it's always been the singles. In the club, pimp. That, yeah, P-I-M-P, uh, 21 Questions, yeah. uh, Many Men. Yeah. Uh, they don't bring out... Uh, what's the song with Juvie? Wasn't Juvenile on that first album? Was it Juvenile? Yeah, Juvenile was on the first album. Yeah, but was I don't think he had a full verse, though. I don't know, but he was on that like first a, album. I think it was him and Buck on, like, a hook or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they don't bring up like heat. I think you know it was like I don't even know or whatever. I just like the massacre belt. I did. 
I, I did the it best. It was smoother though. It was just smoother. Yeah. You know, except lollipop. I mean, not lollipop. Uh, candy shop. Yeah. <laughs> the candy shop track. Um, I understood it though. Yeah. I understood. It was it. another song that I ain't, I ain't really care that much about, but like some of my favorite tracks, like Baltimore Love Thing. Mm-hmm. Love that song. Yeah, that um, was a dope. Dope, dope song. Yeah. The song with Jamie Foxx. Emphasis on the dope on, on Baltimore Love thing. Because <laughs> yeah. it's about, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I, my favorite song on that album was Position of Power. Hmm. That was my favorite song on the mask was Position of Power. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that was like one of the dopest songs he made. What was my favorite song other than the Jamie Foxx record? Um, right? Ride was good too. I think Ride might have been one of my favorite songs on that. I like the track he 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 remade the uh the Stevie Wonder track too. That summertime, summer winter spring and fall mm-hmm. had Olivia singing yeah, on it. Yeah, I like that too. I like that too. But uh, Position of Power is like my favorite song on that album. Now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like the way Fifty is transitioning now though. Oh yeah. Cause I enjoy taking over power. TV. I enjoy Power. I enjoy BML. I'm not I'm not a fan at all of book two. Yeah. Never watched one episode of it. But I have my reasons. I think it's good. I mean, it has me wondering how realistic is it? You know, I'm sure I, I mean of course we all know it's it's yeah, it's it's a fictional situation, but I, I, I got an issue with it because I feel like I feel like they rewarded a character for for killing his dad. And he gets a spinoff. Like, mm. like, would you you watch Sopranos, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Would Would anybody really want to see a spinoff of AJ? Nope. Think about this to it. I, you know, I, I think on things different. But then again, I don't know. I don't think they would. I don't know. I, I think about things just like on different levels. Like, you know, think about this. So you're not gonna give it the first three episodes? <laughs> I did because because I, I didn't like how they started writing in the last few seasons of the original power mm-hmm. you know like ghost is you know street king don dada mm-hmm. do you think he's really gonna let his privileged son chess up on him the way they kept letting Tariq chess up on that character mm-hmm. do, could you see aj chessing up on tony soprano no sir so no, why sir. would we let that slide here and then think about this Tariq's character still gives respect to everybody else except the black man on the show. He still called Tommy Uncle Tommy, but he was calling his dad Ghost. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a, some things are deliberate, and we, you know, sometimes we let it slide by us because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be entertainment. Mm-hmm. But subconsciously, I'm looking at him like, so the black man, not to sound like <laughs> I'm about to get my doctor Umar, <laughs> man. So the black man is the one that's getting dis- disrespected, but but the white uncle. It's I understand it, though. I understand the storyline, though. I guess they're trying to make him better. I don't know. I guess they're trying to make him I'm better. Not, than now, I watch everything else. I, I watch BMF. Um, I think Raising Canaan is quietly the better of the power universe. I know mm-hmm. BMF ain't in the power universe, mm-hmm. but I think Raising like Canaan is the, is the better show. I think Joey Badass does an excellent job in, He's in, in his role. He's my favorite character on TV. You oh, man. Yeah, unique. Unique he's, is so clean. He's putting his name in a hat to do. Uh, he wants to play Big L. I can see that. I can too. I don't know if I can hear it. 
but I can definitely see. Yeah, because they don't have the same voice. Big no. L had had a had, had a lighter tone voice. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see a Big L movie. He's one of those. He's probably one of the biggest what if. I wonder if they're gonna keep it real because I heard Big L was like old. Grimy, yeah, Robin, yeah. I heard, I, I read that too. I read that too. Yeah, yeah. But hands down, in my personal opinion, the best show on TV is Wu Tang Man. Okay, you're gonna be mad at me. Wu Tang American Saga Man. I'm I've so never sorry. watched an episode. Man, that show. Deserves, but I keep seeing previews. I'm like, I need to watch this. Man, they need to get that show an Emmy, straight up. I don't know if it's me being a fan of the Wu or what. I saw they had Puff Son playing him in the in the show, which. Yeah. It, which that makes sense because he literally has the mannerism. He did. He did everything. good. Three seasons of Wu Tang, and the only problem that I've seen on Twitter about Wu Tang was the person they had playing Buster Rams. Out of three seasons, I saw that. I saw that online that's too. The and, only and problem people. And I was had. like, man, but I saw it, and I was like, I really need to watch this show because I keep seeing like clips and like pictures it's an of it. And I'm like, show, especially if you're a hip hop fan, especially if you're a Wu Tang fan, yeah. which I am. Season three is probably, oh my God, it was great. It was great. But yeah, you need to watch Wu Tang. You tripping? I'm, I'm about to get on that. Um, the guy who plays Old Dirt, he did such a great job. Isn't that Old Dirty Son? No. It's not. Okay. No, I think that's a little misconception. I thought it was the first two, but I don't okay. think it's the same. But um, the guy who plays Old Dirty Bastard, man, if Old Dirty was anywhere close to how the guy perceived Old Dirty. Thank you. The guy that perceived Old Dirty, like, he was a joy to be around. Yeah. Like, the guy that played Old Dirty, I was, as a fan, the episode wasn't good if Old Dirty's character wasn't in the show. Really? It was that? Yeah, he did an amazing job. Okay, the guy that did Raekwon, Ghostface, Rizzo. I gotta watch it, man. Man, it is it's, a great look, show. Look, it is on my list, man. I got people mad at me because I've never, I never really got in the Game of Thrones. I tried. I tried to I tried to get into Game of Thrones. I tried to get in House of Dragons. I tried. How many episodes so did you give Game of Thrones? Cuz I, I Okay, so I watched the first two and I was like this is intriguing. But then, you know how like you got a list of stuff that you are already kind of watching? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I don't get back to it. I just hadn't gotten back to it yet. I just got into The Walking Dead. So um I'm a little late to the party on that. No, you're not, because we're walking in together. Okay, cool. Uh, cool, cool. So I don't feel bad no more. I didn't get off in the Game of Thrones. First of all, if 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 I can't if I miss I gotta miss season one. If you on season three or four, then I it's just a wrap. Yeah. The only show that I watch that I was late to the party for on like season three and I just started watching it was Snowfall. But I was late to the part on Snowfall too. I'm still late because I'm not. I haven't started on the last season yet. Oh, <laughs> I ain't saying nothing else. Look, I told myself by the time this come out, the finale be the game. I told myself I was just gonna bypass everything that I missed and just start watching episode of the last season. I don't even know how many seasons it is. It's six, I think. But Game of Thrones, I started watching when uh, House of Dragons came out, and every Game of Thrones fan I know told me, "Watch House of Dragons. You're okay if you don't watch Game of Thrones." So I started watching the first season of House of Dragons, and I had to make myself <laughs> continue to watch it. And I say, if House, of, and then I started watching. I think I, I watched like one, maybe two episodes of uh, Game of Thrones, and I was like, man, it's not for me. It's not for me. Okay, I, I, just, I, I don't, sorry. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad because, like I said, I, I want to say I made these two episodes, but I think I only watched the first one. And I'm a horror movie fan. I'm really a horror movie fanatic, but I realized with this new show, uh, The Last of Us. 
I'm yeah. not a I'm not a I'm not a zombie movie person. And that's The Walking Dead, basically. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I tried The Walking Dead, and I just, you know, and it was a good show. It was a really good show. I'm, 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 I'm into it, and I think I'm, I'm in. I'm in season four. I want to say four or five. I just started kind of like binging it. I'm like, okay, this is intriguing. Okay, although I do get a little too caught up in it because now, like, you know, like if I take my trash out at night, I'll be like looking around, like, you know, is it a walker on <laughs> around the corner? Like, you know, I'll be, I'll be thinking of stuff like, okay, so you know, how would I do my fence now? Like, I'm right. really like trying to figure out how I would deal with zombies now because of The Walking Dead. I blame it on the show, but I was late to the party on that. Uh, I never really got into Game of Thrones yeah. and people are like I got friends who are like what do you mean you never watched Game of like Same. come on man I'm like I'm yeah. like man I just but at the time I'm like man I'm really into like this show and that show and then you know you just it's only so many hours in a day I know as far as like them zombie shows are concerned man I think I just got a problem with just everybody on earth did like everybody did, right? And then like, can't nobody just die and stay dead? Like yeah. they die and then they gonna come back as a zombie and you gotta stab in the head. Like I am Legend was. Spoiler alert, by the way. I am Legend was good, but it was sort of like like like, do I want to be Will Smith's character in I Am Legend? Man, that was like so the only like you talking to mannequins, dude. The, <laughs> the saddest part for me was when the dog died. I couldn't take that. I'm like, man, that's his only friend, though. Like, yeah. and then he had to kill him. And then there's a new, there's a, a rumor has it that I Am Legend Two is with Will Smith and uh, Michael B. Jordan. I've been reading that too. I don't know how true it is, but also I'm like, but what do you mean? Is is the part two? Like, didn't he die? Did he? <laughs> we ain't see nobody. I know. You know, you, you know that's the rules in Hollywood. If yeah. you ain't see the body, you see the body. We don't know. I saw T.K. Kirkland talking about Baller Blocking 2, and I'm like, didn't you die in the first one? Baller Blocking 2? I heard him be a young boy talking about it. Him and Birdman working on he's, it. He's, I think he's involved in it. Yeah. But, I, but I'm like, but T.K. Kirkland, your character got shot. Man, I ain't seen Baller Blocking since the year it came out. It's hard to find, like... I yeah, feel, I don't remember. I feel the only like, thing I remember about Baller Blocking was Wayne and Turk hiding in the freezer at the convenience store. Yeah. From the police. Yeah. So and, and then the police leaving out looking yeah. disappointed. Yeah. Because the one was like, he went outside, and he's looking like there's only one way in and one way out. Yeah, I think I watched Baller Blocking like two times in my life, and that was when I first bought it on VHS. Right. VHS. I'm Body was only on VHS. I got I'm Body on VHS. Which one is better? V8, uh, I'm Body or Baller Block? But Baller Block and one, but like what? It was like a long video. Was it, was it like, even an hour? I want to say it was what, like 40? It might have been like 40 minutes. I'm going to give it to I'm About It. I'm yeah. going to say I'm About It, yeah. I'm, I'm About It had a little bit more of a plot. Mm-hmm. Especially after I watched the No Limit Chronicles when I found out that everything was real. Like, they had real crackheads. Yeah. They had real dope cooking. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, that's just wrong. I feel like a streaming platform needs to pick up these these jewels of our community that are not available. Like, Pete, Pete had a nice little film catalog he was he was getting ready to start off. Like, I'm Bowdy. I was telling somebody. The Snoop movie, Game of yeah, Life. Yeah, Which yeah. I think that was like, what, like 20 minutes long? Yes. <laughs> like, a long video. It was really short. I was telling somebody just last week that I think that the Master P biopic is going to be very interesting. 
yeah. think it's going to be really good. Like Master P got a story because the No Limit Chronicles was good. Didn't he say he was gonna he was gonna break it break it up in like four parts though? I don't know. I, I heard just it. don't need him to do nothing. No. Nah. Don't pick. Don't no. Don't, don't do no casting. Mm-mm. Leave that to somebody else. Yeah. Don't do nothing. Just fund the money. That's it. Just, just fund just, the project. Just fund money. it and, and hire a director yeah. and a producer and yeah. let them do it and you just kind of step away because yeah. you're too close to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think I think that's where we're gonna leave it then. Okay. I'm, I'm body and ball of blocking. Yeah. I'm with it. Mr. Soul Lab BR, Mike T. The. This was easier than I thought it was. Well, I mean, it's, it, it's very conversation. Like, it got to a point where I actually forgot that the mic was in my face and the cameras was somewhere. Well, I, if I would have had some whiskey here, then it would have been even more organic, I believe. Next. Next episode, part, I will be and I will have something very, very important to drink. We are going to do a part two. Yeah, This man. is very interesting. I, I, I love to see how you think. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we were able to christen these mics with Mike. You know? <laughs> Same. Christen the mics with Mike. Uh, and, again, I appreciate everything you do just for the artists in the city as well, too. Um, like you said, we have to just create our own platforms and just Thank keep you. pushing. Thank you. Because I think that they do deserve their voices to be heard in the same way mm-hmm. as major artists because they're doing the work for it. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're showcasing their talent. So. Yeah. And they really believe, they really, like, these artists really believe in themselves. They really, like, especially this new generation of artists. Yeah. Here in Baton Rouge, they really believe in their craft. And I, I enjoy like listening and watching these people. Can I say one more thing? Go ahead. Shut down? Yes. Um, yes. Every first Sunday, Soul Lab Sundays, Yes We Cannibal. Uh, 1600 Government Street, right across the street from uh, Red Stick Social. Plug that again, just so they got it. Um, yeah, Soul Lab Sundays. Every first Sunday. And if you are an artist, rap, sing, comedian, poet, whatever, and you would like to be on the Soul Lab Sunday stage, you can just DM me at Soul Lab Sundays underscore BR or DJ underscore Soul Lab he underscore is, he BR. He's official DJ now. I did, man. I, and you know what's so funny? A lot of people, uh, when I changed it from uh, just regular Soul Lab underscore BR and then I added the DJ underscore Soul Lab, it's like a lot of people was like, oh, so now you. Because you had a whole campaign. It I was, and that's DJ. really what it was about. It was I'm a not campaign. a DJ. That was it. It was just a yes. cool conversation. I should have got some shirts made. I, I thought you were going to do that. It's not too late, is it? it you're a DJ now. Okay. Yeah, yeah you, 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 you missed it. <laughs> the opportunity flew away. It's all good. We'll have more opportunities for more things to come. We will. Well, Mr. Yeah. DJ Soul Lab, Mike T, my man, Uppercuts, one of the smoothest guys that I know. Thank you for coming through. Appreciate it. We're going to do a part two of this. We got to. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Yes. So just remember, you either at the table or you're on the menu. You decide. And we out.